Let's go. Lean in, cover the plate, pick a point in the outfield, and let her rip. There are times when every kid dreams of being a hero. Right three, you're out. For Calvin Fuller, it's going to take a miracle. To make his dream come true. Hey, so much has happened since the last time we recorded. I think the most important thing is both of our homes flooded with poop water. Well, okay, mine wasn't poop water, but it was okay. still toilet water. Just poop adjacent. <laughs> poop adjacent. It was so, not great. So that's kind of why I wanted to, to talk about our respective floods, because <laughs> I think we should consider the possibility that God is punishing us for doing the podcast. I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> just Just things that happen in my everyday life. Based off of things that I've said on this podcast, they come back to haunt me. I know they come back to haunt you. Yes, all the time. All the fucking time. Wow, amazing. But I think you're right, though. I think we are cursed. I think we bring the curse onto ourselves with the things that we do. We murdered Stephen Sondheim. Like, that's... Oh, my God. Dumbfounded, downtrodden, and dejected. Crestfallen, grief-stricken, and exhausted. Trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground. I saw the sign, but it was misleading. I thought the love of the law was cheating. Screaming for help with the body. Welcome, one and all, to thine favorite podcast. <laughs> Probably should have known better. It's a, a show, a theatrical performance, if you will. If thou willest, uh, where your favorite, thine favorites, speak of comedy. Outstanding job so far. (laughs) Where thou favorites speaketh of comedy that doth have aged poorly. (laughs) I'm Nadia Vasquez. (laughs) And I'm joined, as always, in this century by my pal, the Joan of Arc of my life. Tony Janocchio. <laughs> I don't know if this this timeline is crisscrossing here. It's yeah, Joan of Arc uh, is completely separate from a third, different country uh, than <laughs> King Arthur. Uh, different period in history. I'm pretty Listen, sure. Y- I'm I'm doing this off the cuff, off the top of my head. This is improv, baby. Lady Nadia of Los Angeles and <laughs> See, Lord Tony of the Greater Chicago Land Area. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest city in the world. The greatest city in the world. It's good to be here. Hey, Nadia. Actually, up front, can we can we shout out the new donors? Is that okay? I would love to. Yeah. So, uh, former guest uh, from season one, Michelle Johnson. Thank you for donating to the Ko-Fi page. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, uh, Susan Dickinson, who is actually Michelle Johnson's sister. Uh, Susan Dickinson. <laughs> Uh, also donated, and I want to shout them out because she and her husband, uh, Mick Dickinson, do uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which is Bibliovile, which uh, they're a married couple, and every episode they find the worst uh, possible book they can find at the public library for their spouse and make them read it. 
Uh, it's and, so funny and a little cruel in a good way. Yeah, it, it achieves what every good podcast should achieve, which is slowly drive the hosts and the audience insane. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for supporting the pod. It helps us rent and rent the movies Subscribe that we Subscribe to Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know host our web our our podcast our podcast has to go somewhere it has to go somewhere and i have to pay someone to do that Mm -hmm. uh so um so thank you for that the link is in the show notes if you're interested in kicking us a few bucks on the ko-fi page um but this uh god so (laughs) well here's how i'll frame it up nadia um i just finished reading a book um it was a biography of mike nichols Um, celebrated director of Broadway and Hollywood, um, had a, what an incredible choice. Yeah. Had had a long career directed all sorts of different stuff. Um, the movie that he would be most famous for is of course the graduate. Um, it was a huge hit when it came out. Uh, and it was one of the most influential movies, uh, for decades after. Um, and the reason for that, as I learned from reading this book is The Graduate came out, like, kind of when film school started to be a thing. Oh, okay. So people who... And it was obviously a very good movie with very good performances. Can I correct you before you say people? Can you just say white men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when... (laughs) when, So white men were going to film school. Right. Around the time this movie came out. And everybody was talking about it. And so I used to have a theory, Nadia, that every movie... After the graduate, so after I think '67 or whenever it came out, uh, what was borrowing something from the graduate? Like any movie that's used a soundtrack cue, like mm-hmm. to to indicate that the main character was lonely. Like any movie that's used a camera angle to heighten sexual tension. Like and it, like all of these like things that I think we take for granted, I, you know, are found in that film. And I I used to think every single film was drawing something from The Graduate because every single film was made by people who cared about the movie they were making. Yeah. And then I watched A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Uh, (laughs) And I think I found the first movie that did not borrow anything from The Graduate. But do you know who did borrow from A King in King Arthur's Court? Who? Donald Trump. (laughs) Because how many times did they say, we want to make Camelot great again? I think legitimately Donald Trump was watching this movie (laughs) at his golden palace in the sky with his toilets made of gold. And he was like, I want to do this for America. I am the king. And it's, it's like, it's so crazy because this movie from 1995 directed by Michael Gottlieb (laughs) is about, like... The it, it, we'll talk about the plot in a minute, but like one of the choices they make is it's King Arthur times after King Ar- like King Arthur's past his peak, right? Yeah. And so the kingdom is starting to like deteriorate. King Arthur's this doddering old man who doesn't know what's going on Ugh. and is being manipulated by the people close to him. One and of, of course whom... they're brown. Yeah, well, yeah. Lord Belasco. So okay, so. Obviously, the movie is an extended metaphor for the Trump administration. <laughs> right. They knew what was going to happen many, many, happen. many, many years in the future. And they're like, let's make a movie now with the kid who's going to be in 10 Things I Hate About You. Right. Arthur. <laughs> no, uh, in um, American Pie. American Pie. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, Arthur. Wrong teen movie. Yeah. Arthur is Trump. 
and uh, and Lord Belasco is Stephen Miller, and Kate Winslet is Ivanka, and uh, and Calvin is uh, Robert Mueller, of course. So, of course. Of course. So, uh, Kitten King Arthur's Court stars Thomas Ian Nicholas, who is also famous for being in Rookie of the Year, and then he would be in the American Pie series. Uh, and then it stars a whole bunch of other people you don't care about. And then, incredibly, it stars <laughs> Kate Winslet and Daniel Craig. Yes, this is pre-Titanic Kate Winslet. Pre-Titanic! Pre-007, obviously, Daniel Craig. Uh, interesting movie. <laughs> they, they were clearly in their hustling actor face. So... Uh, I would say very loosely based on a novel by Mark Twain. And <laughs> Nadia, can you talk us through what happens in the plot? Sure. Okay. So Calvin is a little boy. He's 14. Also, do not like that we are continuing the trend of Disney movies where 13 to 14 year olds are horny. Unbelievably horny film. <laughs> not, not into that. But okay. So Calvin is, um, he's a little bit of a coward. Uh, he, he's not great at baseball. He's on a baseball team. He's about to, he goes up to the plate at a, at a little league game and strikes out. But everyone knows he's going to strike out because he always does. He doesn't swing even when the ball is a perfect pitch and put a pin in that. Okay. (laughs) So all of a sudden Merlin, the wizard, he's, he's in a well and he's like, hi, I'm Merlin. I'm back. Literally what he says. Narrating to the camera. Narrating to the camera. I'm Merlin. I'm back. And he causes an earthquake because he needs to find a knight somewhere within the multiverse to save Camelot. And this is what happens. An earthquake occurs in Reseda, California. Calvin is, he does something you're not supposed to do during an earthquake and he runs to get his bag. You leave everything and run. Find shelter. He falls in a hole, and it leads him into Camelot, where there are so many problems, as Tony has touched on. The king is a buffoon. He doesn't know what's going on. He's being manipulated by a brown man of Pakistani descent. (laughs) I forgot his name. Lord something. Uh, Lord Belasco, but I have him in my notes as Lord Tabasco. (laughs) Lord Tabasco is manipulating him into basically turning against the people of Camelot. Everyone in Camelot hates the king. They're all poor. The the there's, you know, poop and pee in the street. It's terrible. It's really bad. And Calvin shows up and is threatening Lord Tabasco's influence on the king cuz the king really likes this random kid who's in a modern day baseball uniform. Anyway, lots of stuff happens that doesn't fucking matter but calvin falls in love with another child one of the daughters not kate winslet not kate winslet kate winslet's younger sister yeah yeah and he brings his kind of modern outlook on onto camelot which is much needed as there are a lot of antiquated ways that are you know prevailing but the main story besides the king and his whole thing is that kate winslet is the eldest child and is up to be the queen. But she needs to have a king for some reason. Patriarchy. And uh, what will be decided, what will decide this will be a tournament, a jousting tournament. And uh, Lord Tabasco wants to stop this from happening and he just wants to be king. So he threatens Kate Winslet by kidnapping his, her sister 
who was also Calvin's love interest. So, of course, everybody goes to rescue her. It's a whole thing. It's annoying and complicated. They, they leave the castle. They sneak out of the castle to come back to the castle yes! at one point. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was, like, a stronghold or if it was the actual castle, but they save, they save the sister, Kate Winslet, uh is still uh, for some reason the movie continues on by this point. Yeah. She's she still has to be won over in this tournament and all these people uh keep the end the end the top 2 end up being of course Daniel Craig and Lord Tabasco. But then and she's in love with Daniel Craig, yeah. And she's in love with Daniel Craig. But then there's this person called the Black Knight <laughs> and they come and win the whole tournament and guess the fuck what? It's Kate Winslet. It's Kate the fuck Winslet is what the she, fuck what guess. <laughs> she got to be her own hero. She gets to choose who her partner is. She's the true queen. Uh, and then eventually uh, little Calvin gets to go home. But also, so does well, his we'll, we'll talk about We'll talk about the ending. We'll talk about the ending. What? Because uh, it is one of the worst endings I think I've I ever seen. I hated it. Um, I mean, this movie isn't terrible. Ultimately, it's forgettable. Yeah, so, you know, Nadia, on the one hand, like you said, we we see a woman taking the W, which, as we (laughs) talked about last week, wasn't happening a lot in movies of this era. Right. Uh, On the other hand, this is a movie they created so you could turn it on and your four-year-old would sit still for 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has the, um, the makings of this part should be suspenseful. Yeah. This part should be magical, and this part should be gross, and that's kind of the whole range of the whole thing. Yeah, it's like it's ninety minutes, and the opening credits they really take their time with, which kind of gives you an indication of how much material they had thought of for the script. Right. Um. But yeah, like like you said, Nadia, this movie didn't make me angry. No. Um, I think it made it's me feel nothing. Yeah, I think it's kind of on a par with Coneheads in terms of this is the movie that is phoned in and you will be multitasking a lot if you watch it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so before we get into the details of this stupid, stupid movie, um, <laughs> is there any any background information we should know, Nadia? Yeah, so this movie came out in 95, and I covered, in our former current events section here, we usually do pop culture, but I did that, uh, covered in in our While You Were Sleeping episode. So take a gander and a listen to that one for that. But I also covered some history of indigenous representation in film in our 1995 Man of the House episode. And then we did another movie in 95 called Stuart Saves His Family. (laughs) And... That one I kind of talked about. I talked about the the uh, pop he- mental health kind of vibe. The yes, uh, yeah, the twelve group. step programs. Yes, yes. So I covered a lot of ground there, and then I thought, why don't I actually get former current events from five thirty six A D? There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is quoted by many historians as the worst time to be alive in history. <laughs> <laughs> which I found very funny. Uh, the world at that point went dark, completely dark for a full 18 months. Uh, there was a mysterious kind of fog that rolled over uh, Europe, the Middle East, and parts of Asia. And what had happened was a volcanic eruption in Iceland 
it that year uh, spread ash over the northern hemisphere and (laughs) it was it, it it altered all the climate patterns of that hemisphere really crazy there were years and years of famine because of it the there was a byzantine historian who wrote that the sun quote the sun gave forth its light without brightness like the moon during this whole year oh. everyone was depressed <clears throat> pardon um the summer in europe and asia that year was 40 degrees colder than normal China had snow in the summer. It was like basically what we're living in now, but mm-hmm. ma- but not man-made. Right. Um and they called it the little antique ice age. And uh it was basically like they said the worst time to be alive. But the other thing that I found interesting was it this was during the Gothic War, not mm-hmm. Gothic like how we know it today. Like cool, yeah. No, it was bad. And uh <laughs> there was the Italy was conquered at the time by Belisarius, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought about that for you. I was like, "Oh no, Italy!" So that was definitely influenced in how. Yeah, but most of up. world history can be summed up with the sentence, "Oh no, Italy!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in April twenty, uh, on April twenty second, five thirty six A.D., the Pope Agapetus the first died in Constantinople. There was a pope. Yeah, the, and. Uh, they they died after he died after a reign of just ten months. No, I think he would... uses they them, Nadia. You can say. <laughs> Fuck. And he he is he was succeeded by Silverius okay. as the fifty sixth fifty eighth pope. Tony, why are there so many popes? Well, so the it literally goes back to the time of Jesus, right? So there's yeah. been there's been popes since Saint Peter the apostle so so we've had 2000 years of popes basically is that's too many popes i think we're good i think i think we could have stopped at jude law you know <laughs> uh, i'm in a weird mood that's okay that's <laughs> i okay. think we could have stopped it was it was uh unfathomable to me that i was reading history five from 536 ad that we even had history to read about right and then at the very end was a little snippet about popes and i was like this sounds absolutely correct (laughs) the the catholic church has always had a good reputation for records retention um i mean sometimes they don't let people see those records that should like state attorneys or anything like that but sure they do but they do keep a good uh good handle on them um, okay, well, you know, you said it was the worst time to be alive, Nadia. You talked about all this, you know, horrible fog and death and uh, political unrest. And this movie is worse than all of those things. But uh, <laughs> Because they didn't show any kind of crazy fog. There was definitely some sun. This was definitely shot in, in Canada. In, yeah, <laughs> this was the, the Vancouver discount special. Um, yeah, so we open on Reseda at a Little League game. Uh, well, actually, we open on a, a an opening credit sequence, which is like five minutes long. It's so long. So we're down to 85 minutes uh, already, which is great. We yeah. see a talking head of Merlin, right? He shows up at the beginning. and He's like, yep, I'm Merlin. This is the movie you're watching. And now it's time to meet our hero. And we cut to Calvin <laughs> Fuller, played by Thomas Ian Nicholas, playing shitty baseball. Listen, this kid is so typecast that he plays baseball in every movie he's in, which is why I was confused. I thought we were watching Rookie of the Year. 
Rookie of the Year is interesting because obviously it's set in the greatest city in the world, which is Chicago, but it's also <laughs> set in the worst neighborhood in the world, which is Wrigleyville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's about a kid, the same child, who has a broken arm and becomes an incredible pitcher. Yeah, can throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And the Cubs, who even in 95 were like, look, we have no other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's not this movie. Not this, this is movie. is a totally different movie, but he does play baseball. Do not get confused. Do not turn the movie off. Wait, actually, you should. <laughs> you should. I mean, turn the movie off because it's bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's playing baseball in Reseda. Everybody is kind of mean to this poor guy. <laughs> kind child. of a little shit to him, yeah. Yeah, his little sister's like, when you strike out and get killed by the ball, I get your room. Like, so he, what is that? I guess he's scared. Like, he doesn't seem to have a full understanding of the game of baseball because he thinks the baseball can kill him. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's, he literally thinks he's going to die as he steps up to this at-bat. Uh, and the pitcher says, hasta la vista, Fuller. And it's just, okay, yeah, fine. Um, yeah. And basically, he's it's a called third strike. He doesn't even swing uh, like a little bitch. And then oh. uh, we basically, uh, <clears throat> basically just have an earthquake hit right away. Yeah, it's caused by Merlin. So Merlin is not... Um... He's not alive. He's not corporeal. In this no, movie. no. He is he is taking form of like a spirit in a well. It's like and in he, the it's like a, a like a pensive like type. Yes, sort of exactly, exactly. So he he causes the earthquake somewhere in the multiverse, calling forth a knight to save Camelot, right? And I mean, let's be real here. Calvin is a little coward, but his shirt is a uniform that says the knights on it. So I think the universe was just confused <laughs> and sent him careening down a, a hole with the worst special effects <laughs> I've ever seen. He's like, he's like making the whoa <laughs> face. It's like if you like went to the science museum as a, as a kid and they had a <laughs> section on being a meteorologist and you got to stand in front of a green screen and point at stuff that's what it looks like yeah and he's falling right so his arms are kind of flailing <laughs> but he's clearly standing up on the set really just very po- this he was doing his best yeah. let's just say that he got dealt a very bad hand <laughs> uh so he lands so this is interesting he lands um in the middle of Arthurian England, right, 6th century AD, and he he drops out of the sky, which I believe is also what happens to the main character in A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which was an actual book by an actual person. Uh, <laughs> and He drops out of the sky, and he lands on the Black Knight, who uh, apparently, although all is not as it seems, apparently was stealing the royal money box from the palace and was being pursued by the king's men. Right. Yeah, and they were closely followed by the king in a carriage for some reason. Yes. Um, it was it's very Robin Hood. Yes. And and so okay, so so the king has his money box back and and the king is like find me that boy who stopped the black knight. Um, and his Stephen Miller type uh, right hand man, uh, Lord Tabasco, is like, <laughs> yes, sire. But in in inside, he's like, I hate that little boy who stopped the Black Knight. Um, 
So. Wait, it's unclear. Is Lord Tabasco pro-Black Knight or anti-Black Knight? It's Yeah, I think it, that's a really good question. And I think uh, the answer is nobody uh, involved in the making of the film uh, thought about it. So, nobody cares. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Calvin is like running. He's being pursued right off the right out of the gate. He's um, he's hiding in like a store. Um, a knight comes in and he's just an asshole to the the townspeople in the store because the townspeople are like the king is no longer a man of the people. So now, okay, kind of getting some exposition, exposition, mm-hmm. and then the king's men just find him very quickly because he's a child and he's bad at hiding. And he's also the only person dressed in, like, a green and yellow baseball jersey. Yeah. And white pants. <laughs> <laughs> and a baseball cap. So, like, come on. So, uh, they bring him uh, to the castle. And uh, basically bring him to the main hall where there's a little um, little feast going on. And King Arthur is sitting at the head table with his two hot daughters. Yeah. One is... Very underage. Let us okay. remember this. But I'm I'm saying this through the lens of Calvin. Like, Calvin okay. sees the younger daughter, and he's like, she's hot. And then the other daughter is Kate Winslet, who objectively is hot, so I'm just going to say she's hot. Yeah, she's oh, so gorgeous. She looks lovely. great in this movie, by the way. She does, and her highlights are really of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, because he... Uh, I don't really know why he has to do some sort of battle, like a, like a a fight to be alive type of thing. The, yeah, they don't really explain it. They're like, well, you gotta do some combat now, and you gotta pick a weapon. And then yeah, so he it, picks his Walkman, which or his CD player. His I'm disc sorry, man, this is yes. this is very uh, modern. So he finds some decorative horns and then puts his uh, headphones into the little p- part where you scream into, and so the horns, and then he plays his CD player, which. <laughs> Put a pin in the CD player yeah. because it is Chekhov's CD player. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's Discman. Chekhov's and he, Discman. he plays some rock and roll, and they think that it's fucking magic. Yeah. They're like, where are you from? And I choose says, combat from... rock. Oh, yes, combat rock. And he's like, I'm from Reseda. <laughs> And if you've been to Reseda, like that's not something to be proud of. Couldn't even couldn't even stretch to I'm from California. Just no, yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm from California, but the shitty part. Uh, and so, <laughs> no, that also, could have been Bakersfield. Yeah, th- yeah, that's true. Also, the movie, uh, the uh, music he plays is kind of a nondescript, like heavy sounding track. But it's like it sounds like My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very late nineties type like, of like rock. some distorted electric guitar. Um, this, he, he was actually playing the Crazy Town demos for Butterfly. <laughs> um, but it blo- like you said, it blows everyone away, and the king is like, I've never heard such a disturbing clamor. And he's like, that was no clamor, that was rock and roll. Again, this movie's for four-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they're like, you can stay, and we're going to give you the best room and board you've ever had. <laughs> and he's like, sure. For some, I don't, I don't understand how rock and roll kind of, like, saves him. If anything, it would kind of... Like, if he played, like, R&B, I'd be like, yeah, I'll save you. Yeah, this is a real, um, a real first draft kind of vibe. Kind yeah. Of throughout. This is the black sheep of the, uh, Disney. <laughs> well, it's not the, well, I mean, I guess it is the black sheep because it is, because black sheep was also about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, yeah, so so he does get to sit next to Princess Katie. Yes, not Kate who, Winslet, but the, the younger daughter, the daughter who's more age-appropriate for him, but less age-appropriate for the audience. Right, exactly. Uh, Kate, I would also never call Kate Winslet Katie, but disrespect. <laughs> so I, she sits next to her, and she like kind of questions him a little bit as they continue to bring him uh different plates of the feast and all it is is just different parts of the pig that he wouldn't normally eat yeah i mean and to be fair british cuisine consistently is foul is disgusting but but no sausage it was like (laughs) it was like pig noses and stuff right like a pig's head like stuff like that so he's off his lunch and um you know the the younger daughter suspects him right and is grilling him princess katie's grilling him he's got some one-liners like if i don't get home i'm grounded and where's the boys room i've been holding it since the third inning and they're all kind of delivered like that yeah he he really did his best I want yeah. to be nice to him because he's really good in Rookie of the Year. Which yeah, and oh, later? in American Pie when he's like, oh, Tara Reid won't fuck me. Like, he's really good in that, too. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good actor. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, but Lord Tabasco is really upset because yeah. he wanted he wanted to kill this child. Yes. Because he got in his way for his plans. He's like, this kid is getting in the way of my plans to manipulate the king. And there's his right-hand knight guy, and they keep having sidebars <laughs> while everything is happening, talking, giving more, more and more and more exposition about him wanting to eventually become the king. Mm-hmm. King Arthur has lost his luster. He's, lost, he's losing his bearings. He's lost his grip on the, on the kingdom. He's an old man. Yeah, that kind of is a bummer uh, that they would, you know, take a, a, a legendary myth like that and then disney it to the point where they have to bring in a random kid from Reseda, California to fix him. Like, it, I'm, I'm not into this. It's such a weird choice for a movie that is so boring and stupid. Is It's like, but what if we what if we were like, hey, Arthurian legends are actually dark and sad deep down. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me have my four year old watch this and yeah. gain absolutely no morality yeah. from it at all. Yeah. So they take him to his room, and then Princess Katie sneaks into his room, and look, <laughs> number number one, she's horny for him right away. Like there's yeah. no no question. And number two, she delivers my second favorite line in the entire movie. Uh, where Calvin says, "Does your dad know you're here? You know you're in here?" And she's like. I'm going to get real, real close to the mic to say this. Hang on. Oh, no. And she says, my father knows nothing of my nocturnal transgressions. Oh, Katie, no. <laughs> and he has no pants on. He's, well, he's not wearing pants. He's not wearing pants and he's doing karate when she walks in. <laughs> the more detail we add to it, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. It's it a is, real movie. It is like building an improv scene where you're like, oh, it starts with just two people that are horny for each other. And then someone from the back line is like, uh, Calvin, are you still doing your karate lessons? And then now, <laughs> now he's got to keep doing the scene with karate. And then it's like, and, uh, then the, and then the guy who never shuts up during the entire class is like, and he's not wearing any pants. Yes. 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 It's always the same fucking guy. <laughs> and then everyone kind of laughs politely. Like that's where we are here. But we do find out something very cool and exciting. Something that I have always wanted in my home Katie knows of a secret passageway. She knows possibly of a way for him to get home. So she pours water on the fire 
and presses a button behind it that opens a passageway. <laughs> and it's through the back of the castle. Apparently, it's just like this back alley mm-hmm. in the castle that everybody knows about. So, like, I don't know why they're sneaking around. But they end up in Merlin's quarters. Yes. And they find the Excalibur sword just completely covered in cobwebs because King Arthur never really uses it anymore. Yeah. And uh, and Calvin recognizes it. He's like, oh, that must be Excalibur. And Princess Katie says, thou does know a lot. And he says, I watch a lot of CNN. What really? did they talk about Excalibur really? on CNN? CNN doing a lot of stories on the status of Excalibur. <laughs> he should have been like, I, I read the Encyclopedia Britannica for fun because I have no friends because everyone hates me because I'm bad at baseball. Bad, like, ba- I, bad at baseball, yeah. Come on. Welcome back to Sword Talk on CNN. <laughs> we have some updates on Excalibur for you, and then after the break, we'll be talking about Sting. So It's uh, a young Anderson Cooper with brown hair. <laughs> So, uh, basically, uh, what do they do here? Merlin shows up, right? And he's like, whoa, who are you? You're not the guy I want here. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're a child. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm here. Well, first of all, here's a, a weird script moment. So they're in Merlin's quarters, and Katie's like, oh, no, someone's coming. And then they go back into the, the little passageway, and she's like, my room is here. Your room is down the hall. And so just, like, get to the, your room. And he doesn't. He goes back. But nobody's in there. Right. No, like, Nobody's it, in Merlin's quarters, <laughs> even though they left because somebody was there. It was, it like... It... And then he talks to Merlin. So, like, maybe Merlin pretended to be somebody so he can get him alone. I don't know. But it was... Uh, it doesn't make sense, and I'm mad about it. Real phoned in. Real phoned in, guys. This is, like, the script I would write, um when I was 13 and I wrote a 90 page screenplay uh, for fun. (laughs) It's like the plot of that screenplay uh, held together better than this. Yeah. Um, So, but Merlin does tell him, look, you need to help King Arthur find his way. Yes. Get his mojo back. Yes. And I will find you your way home. Yeah. So there we go. That's a lot of responsibility for me, a child with a bad haircut, but okay. (laughs) Um, so speaking of bad haircut, we cut to the weapons master. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig sat in a chair and then they put a bowl on his head. (laughs) (laughs) Bowl cut Daniel Craig. Incredible. Incredible. He looks older than he does now. Yes, he does. Yeah, he looks terrible, but he, he is given, Calvin is given the privilege of, uh, training to be a knight. Yeah. I don't know why. And so they uh, start him on jousting immediately. And he does really, really badly. Just like when he plays baseball, he keeps missing his target, which is a head uh, made of wicker and hay. And uh, uh, just really bad, really bad at everything. And Katie's there because, of course, she is. Well, she's training, too. She's like a badass with the swords. Right. Yeah, she's really good. And she just kind of, like, teases him the whole time. And... uh Calvin tells Daniel Craig, are you going to be in the tournament? And Daniel Craig's like, I'm not allowed to be. I'm just like a regular commoner man. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a knight. I'm not a landowner. Um, you know, I can't do it. So put a pin in that. Yeah. We're going to come <laughs> back to it. Um, and, and so he gets a little bit of weapons training in. So we get kind of the, the intended comedy here is like, what if a modern day boy had to learn to fight like a knight uh, while wearing a jersey that says knights on it? <sighs> 
Um, Why didn't they give him clothes? He just keeps <laughs> wearing his baseball uniform through the whole movie. But how long was he actually there, though? I guess there's, like, a montage at one point, so some time passes. I mean, he slept there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Okay, so he was probably there longer than a week, I guess. Um, and so, uh, anyways. Stinky boy. You, you have... <laughs> you have his training, and then he, um goes to let me see here this is then the next thing that happens is uh lord tabasco uh <laughs> makes a pass at kate winslet the oh older no. sister oh no so yes. we learn what his whole end game has been he wants to take over the kingdom specifically so he can have sex with kate winslet which like you Not know great. Uh, but but it's understandable <laughs> wow wow well okay so she he approaches Kate I'm, Winslet. I'm saying i'm saying she's a pretty lady yeah she's beautiful we all know this listen okay so the she is in the again bad directing she was in the flower garden staring at flowers in her hand that's her space work and then the guy comes to talk to her and then she smushes the flowers in her hand <laughs> well because she's so upset and he's like look i i I want to bang you. You should just be my wife. And she's yeah. like, no. I'm I mean, that going, that is, I'm, Nadia's paraphrasing. She's not paraphrasing a lot. <laughs> no, no, I'm barely paraphrasing. Yeah. Basically, she is like, look, I want to marry for love. But if I can't marry for love, then the tournament is going to decide. Because that is the law of the land. Even though her father is the king and could absolutely change the rules. <laughs> But put a pin in that. Put a pin in A lot of pins here, guys. We're going to pull them out. Don't <laughs> worry. Every bow is going to get tied in this fucking script. Yeah. Except the very last one. <laughs> but but uh, Calvin is also exploring more of the medieval world, and he visits the blacksmith. Yeah. He's like, I hear that you can make anything. And the blacksmith is so honored, first of all. Yeah. Because Calvin has this reputation already in Camelot of being a badass. Right. And he's like, I can do anything that you want. And Calvin's like, okay, I need you to make this. And he holds up his rollerblades. Yeah. What? So. That's in his he, backpack? He has so he, much stuff in his backpack. It's just the, the rollerblades. He's got his disc man. He has a talking umbrella with a bird head that sings <laughs> Spoonful of Sugar. And so he, he uh, I read a biography of Julie Andrews right before I read the Mike Nichols book. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, and so he, uh. He gets a pair of roll. He gets two pairs of rollerblades made, one for him and one for Princess Katie. Oh! And so he and Katie start. We get this scene of them rolling down the halls together and them bumping into each other, and then Calvin being like, "Can you squish your boobs into me again, please?" And then Katie, uh, trying to learn how to talk like a like a, a Californian, uh, from Calvin. Yeah, and they are they're flirting in the best way that they know how in medieval times and being 14 years old it's very it's a sweet scene it is it's uh, it's a little um too horny for me it is horny like it is there is clear you can cut the sexual tension with with a with a broad with the sword excalibur if wow. you will wow let we will cover that on sword talk on cnn <laughs> yes <laughs> um, so, uh, now you contrast the sweetness of that scene with Lord Belasco again, 
trying to manipulate Arthur, being like, Sire, I've been loyal to you for years, and all I ask is to fuck your daughter. Disgusting. <laughs> Not into this. And and the king is such a dope. A, I was going to say an oaf and a doof at the same time, so it's a doe, <laughs> like Homer Simpson. He is just, just useless, a useless old man, and he's like, no, I am going to go by the law of the land, even though I am the king, and the person who wins the tournament is who will marry my daughter. <laughs> what the fuck? It just keeps getting reiterated, and then he keeps, like, uh, muttering under his breath how much he misses his wife. It's... <laughs> It's a lot. It is, like, it is kind of, like, taking it even further. Because, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is a delightful movie that is way better than this. Yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is, like, fun and funny and charming and has good dialogue. But there's darkness there because, like, Wayne Zielinski and his wife were in the <laughs> middle of a huge fight when this happened. And yeah. you're, like, seeing them, like, kind of get over it and try to reconcile with each other and piece their marriage back together. And... That movie came out uh, six years before this one, and in this one, they wow. were like, what if we just had an old man muttering about his dead wife a bunch? That would kind of get the same. <laughs> yeah, you'll feel the same. You'll feel the yeah. same. The nuance is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if the king was played by Rick Moranis, it wouldn't have been the same. It'd be it'd be better than it, would be than better. it is in it the would movie. Definitely be better. Rick Moranis is better in everything. He like, would be Rick Moranis like wearing his modern day glasses yeah. in a in a crown. Oh gee, I sure wish I had Excalibur right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. No, but we 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 continue on because yeah. Lord Lord Tabasco is he he's got other plates spinning right now. <laughs> He's he's going to try many other tactics because Kate Winslet said outright no. no. Like I'm not going to fuck you. I'm going to go by the tournament. The king, same thing. She's not going to fuck you. It has to go by what the results of the tournament. So what's next? A kidnapping plot? <laughs> <laughs> the normal it's like and, and again not to bring up another past selection, but it's like in Home Alone when they go from <laughs> we're going to rob this house to I think we need to murder this child. Yeah. <laughs> It goes very extreme very quickly. And Calvin is just being horny and taking little Katie out into picnics in the land of so, the Camelot. So, yeah, let's talk about the ways they're flirting. Is It's like she he makes her a Big Mac yeah. uh, using the uh, royal kitchens. Um, and he wears a little chef's hat and slices a tomato for her. It's very <laughs> he, cute. He looks like my three-year-old in her play kitchen. Like, yeah. Just... yeah, he's sli- he's thinly slicing some cheese, and then he's about to slice a tomato, and she's like, "No, it is a poisoned apple." <laughs> I I don't get that, but he he's cooking on the on the on the fire on the hearth. Yes. And uh, we find out that it's a a Big Mac, and he made it for her. Yeah. So. So there's that, and then he... And they practiced... eat it at the round table, by the way. What yes. they should have done is had him make pizza and eat that at the round table. Brilliant. Uh, but, like, but but McDonald's was signing the checks, not yeah, it. Yeah, so, sorry. So... They're the ones with the big bucks. The round table is only the... open in my hometown, and I think it's the last one. That is an interesting um, choice that they made in the script, too, is, like, Calvin has some level of familiarity with the story of King Arthur. 
Right. Because um, he's like, hey, where's the round table? Hey, where's Merlin? Hey, is that Excalibur? Now, Excalibur, we know he knows from Sword Talk on CNN, but <laughs> but that was an interesting choice. Other things he does, so when he practices jousting, he gets, like, knocked off the horse at one point, and Princess Katie runs over and leans on top of him, and he smooches her on the mouth, um, which is not okay, I no. would argue. No, no, no. Um, and he's like, I think she likes me. Ew! Yeah. Um, and then, uh, he goes back to the blacksmith and teaches the blacksmith how to make steel, uh, so that he can build a bike, a tandem bike, (laughs) to take Princess Katie out on. Right. Um, and then they have their picnic date, which is very horny, with a lot of weird fades in the middle of the scene. Yeah, they're talking about what Reseda is like, and then it kind of fades like a like a TikTok <laughs> in a way that it's not good. But he tells her about Reseda and how uh, he's he doesn't do well there. Yeah, and she's like, "What are the girls like in Reseda?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> He really did say that. Um, and then they, uh, on their way back, they see the Black Knight, and they're terrified. But, turns out all is not as it seems. Uh, the Black Knight is actually a philanthropist. The Black Knight is feeding the hungry. Yeah. Um, and they're like, wait a second, is all not as it seems? Uh, so put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. And then they make out. Which, like, <laughs> yes. didn't make me feel good. Yeah, they go back to the castle, they make out. Um, and then Calvin's like, can I walk you to your room? Old Reseda custom. And then the line that got cut is like, uh, and then another custom is we get to third base. And so... I don't know what kids do in Reseda, but I don't think it's whatever that kid was doing. But, uh, yeah, so he, he drops her off and, uh, she closes the door and lo and behold, a scary kidnapper is behind the door and holds her hostage while he's telling her through the door, you're a great kisser. You know, you're a really good kisser. He's leaning against the door. He, he's like, ah, I did it. And then he's leaning against the door. He's like, you're such a good kisser. Hey, don't say anything in response so I know you're not being held hostage or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, but she is getting taken to the castle they're already in. Yeah. but th- Okay, so let's talk about the kidnapping plot. Okay, here, okay. Uh, so they, they, right, they kidnap the princess. Right. But they keep her in the castle. But then, so the solution, what's going to happen <laughs> is that Calvin and Arthur are going to sneak out of the castle in disguise. Yeah. And then they're going to sneak back into the castle <laughs> later to do but what? I, I thought that they kidnap, see, this is where it's unclear because my understanding is they kidnap her, they take her out of the castle, they do a lap around, and then they come back to the castle that she's right. confused. I don't know. But she <laughs> ends up in a in a dungeon somewhere. Uh, right. And uh, Calvin um, goes back to Merlin's quarters and Merlin's like, oh, hey, you're still here. <laughs> cool. Uh, and then it, this is, I believe, where Merlin says the line, Camelot rots. I want her great again. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. It's bad. Uh, and Merlin tells Calvin to take Excalibur. Um, so Lord Tabasco has captured Princess Katie. His men captured Princess Katie. That was to strong arm Kate Winslet into marrying and i assume having sex with him yeah he and says then, if you don't do this i'm gonna kill your sister right not and not then, just i'm kidnapping her she's gonna die she's gonna die and then he's like but one extra step which actually kind of makes the whole plan fall apart is i'm gonna 
tell Kate Winslet, your sister's alive, but I could kill her. And then I'm going to tell everyone else, her sister's definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> and, a strange choice. Yeah, and Calvin killed her. He tries to frame Calvin for Katie's apparent murder. Yes, because he made her a Big Mac and it gave her food poisoning. <laughs> she shit herself so much she died. <laughs> that was her way to go. There's no body. There's no, like, he's just telling them and they're like, okay. <laughs> And so they didn't like so, put her under some sort of spell. Nothing. No. No. So okay. Well, fine. I guess she's dead. Um, yeah. So Kate Winslet finds Calvin, and like they hide themselves in this tiny corner of the castle, and she's like, "Look." I'm so fucking jealous of Calvin at this point. Yeah. I'm sorry. She looks really good in this movie, guys. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. We we love her, and she's aging quite well, by the way. Oh, she's like, she's one of those people that's aging backwards for sure. Yeah, gorgeous. Anyway, so she puts her hand on his mouth and Tony got mad. And she's like, (laughs) you need to tell the king the truth. You need to tell him that Katie got kidnapped and uh, I'm going to help you and distract the guards while you go do that. Give him this. We don't know what it is. I think it's like her veil. It's like, I don't know. It's a scarf. I don't know. Whatever. It's a scarf. It was never explained. And she's like, he will know that you are telling the truth. So Calvin goes and he wakes up the king. And the king is like, I'm ready to fight. Because he's like, (laughs) because he's like having a dream. I don't know. And Calvin Calvin is like, I listen. But again, this is is Donald Trump. He's punching ghosts in his sleep. (laughs) And he... He doesn't know all his kids' names, and, like, this is this is what it is. It, it just—Donald Trump was so inspired by this movie that he wanted to run for president. And so Calvin is like, look, there, it, Katie got kidnapped. And, and the king is like, she, is, she was taken by goats? And he's like, no, she's being held against her will somewhere. And Lord Tabasco did it. And here is a random article of clothing. And the king is like, ah, oh, you're telling the ah, truth. I'm on board. You got it. <laughs> I don't know what it was. We never get explained. But the king, uh, the king's door gets a knock on it. And it's Lord Tabasco. Oh, God. And Calvin goes and runs behind a uh, a suit of armor. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Lord Tabasco tells the king that Katie's dead. Yeah. And, you know, the king, he's like, I got to turn in the acting performance of my life here. Right. And uh, he doesn't really do it, but... You know uh, who would have been really good at this, the king? John Lithgow. Oh, John Lithgow would be a great king. I feel like, was he he already making Third Rock from the Sun money at this point, though? Probably. They couldn't afford him. Yeah. And yet they could afford Kate Winslet. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the weird part about this scene is while Lord Tabasco is getting uh, serenaded by the wailings of the king, uh, Calvin is behind the suit of armor, but he keeps pushing it forward. (laughs) Never explaining why. He's pushing this, this suit of armor forward the entire time, and Lord Tabasco doesn't notice it. Yeah, it's uh, Calvin's bad at hiding. He's bad at baseball. <laughs> I don't know, man. But Anyways, he's really good at fucking. <laughs> he's got serious game. Uh, but the so he, you know basically he gets Arthur back when Tabasco leaves, and he's like, "Look, we got to sneak out and be among the common people so we can sneak back into the same place <laughs> like ten minutes later." Um, and there's a we're gonna we're gonna dress up in cloaks and pretend to be beggars. And there's a line here I really don't love, oh, which, no. is, which is, Your Highness, this isn't the castle where everyone kisses your butt. This is drive-by shooting, kill you for your Reebok street life. 
uh, which is not not great. great. Not great. <laughs> You know, Calvin likes to line up for Supreme. Like, he knows. He knows what it's like. King King Arthur, in my world, we have people called minorities, and I'm terrified of them. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I mean, in this universe, a minority is the one. The one villain, yeah. (laughs) Terrible. So, anyways, they sneak out of the castle. They sneak back into the castle. (laughs) They, yeah, and then they have to swim in a moat. They swim in a moat. They sneak, but they get to Katie's cell. Yes, basically. and there before this happens, there are a few fight scenes because we we get to Katie's uh, castle where she's like Princess Peach. She we get to Bowser's castle, and uh, by this time it's nighttime. But during the mm-hmm. day, the knights are attacking Calvin and the king, and the king is fighting. Yes. Like he's he's being his old self. The actor yes. is struggling, and you can see that. <laughs> Because they're giving him heavy shit to throw around, and you can tell he cannot handle it, his face. But, like, those are the best takes they could get, you know? And so eventually they do end up finding Katie, and uh, Calvin uses his Swiss Army knife to get her out. To pick Swiss the lock. Army knife. The very name conjures up greatness. <laughs> um, so there's another fight scene after this when they recover Katie with yes. the Tabasco's man and King Arthur. King Arthur's like, what I wouldn't give for Excalibur now. And Calvin's like, you got it, because he already had it. Yeah. Um, and Excalibur is a magic sword, so, like, it's a significant tactical advantage in the fight. Um, in the sword fight, which is, I would say, not my favorite fight choreography, there's a scene where Calvin cuts the rope tied to a chandelier and nothing happens. And right. he says, this always works in the movies. And I was, like, looking at my screen, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm watching a dang movie right now. <laughs> oh my god! And we so that was a fun little joke for that's me. Really, that's really good. And we also uh, get to see Calvin using his real karate moves. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the king using an incredibly heavy prop. The actor who plays the king struggling to wield it around. The, <laughs> but they're the, kicking ass. So there's an episode of 30 Rock where Tracy Jordan has a son, but his son is like five years younger than he is. Yeah. So he's being scammed. Um, and and this the son's story is like, I need money from my dad to open a karate school. And so they're like, how are we going to check this guy's story? And Lutz, who's the big, fat, uh, slobby writer, is like, I know karate. So he shows up in a gi to fight this strange man. And the strange man does know karate very well. And Lutz is just like clearly on his second day of class and is like, front kick front kit like saying it out loud that's the kind of karate you're seeing in this movie yeah it's pretty speaking of 30 rock uh anthony and tamanik and john gambling have a podcast and it's really good okay i will check them out H- because recommend. they are both hilarious men incredible but anyway uh, uh yeah yeah so there the fight scene continues for a very long time again the actor playing the king is given a very heavy prop he is trying to do his best to do like what I'm assuming they want to go for, which is like Star Wars esque mm-hmm. type choreography, fight choreography, but they eventually kick everyone's ass except yeah. Lord Tabasco shows up. Right, and uh, but Calvin is sitting on his secret weapon, his disc man, 
Lord Tabasco's like, I'm Chekhov's afraid... Chekhov's disc, <laughs> Chekhov's disc, man. I'm afraid rock and roll won't save you now, Sir Calvin. And Calvin's like, wrong. It's the great equalizer. And then he just uses the little laser in the CD player. Like I didn't like know that you could do that. Like he's playing with a cat. <laughs> yeah, and he blinds the guy. The guy falls off. It's a knight, not Lord Tabasco. Oh, yeah, it's not, yeah. Yeah, he falls off the, the, the castle and he saves... Katie and Katie yeah. goes immediately to make out with him, and the king is like, "What about me? <laughs> Why won't you make out with me, Katie?" <laughs> and that brings me to my favorite, my favorite scene in the movie. I'm sorry, but it's my favorite scene in the movie. They go outside of the castle to the the grounds outside, and uh, you know they've gotten away safely. You think the movie's over, but there's like 25 minutes left. Ugh, I know. And the king says, "Kneel, Calvin." And let me be clear, that did not make me crack up like a child because I thought it was like a blowjob thing. That did not make me laugh. And then Princess Katie says, just do it, Calvin. And then I fucking lost it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's like, why? And she's like, just do it. But... Just do it. Just do it. Suck off my father, Calvin. And so. This is the shit that gets us in trouble, Tony. <laughs> But but he is then knighted by the king with Excalibur. Yeah. Wow. Sir Calvin. <laughs> so pretty good, but there's still 25 minutes ago, to go. Bro, uh, I thought this movie was over by the time this happened. No, we got a tournament. It's act three, motherfuckers. And so from this... So so first up, the king, we get to the tournament. The king stands up, changes the rules right away. So we have established the king can change the rules for anything... <laughs> Whenever yeah. he wants. Except for the actual tournament itself. Also, he didn't uh, kid- or arrest Lord Tabasco for the kidnapping. No, because he was like, the guards were still loyal to him. We got to play the slow game. Mm. And, and he's like, there's still, the script is only 65 pages right now, Calvin. <laughs> they have to, <laughs> they have to pad it out. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so we do get to see the tournament. We see a bunch of burly knights getting ready to joust, including yes. Lord Tabasco, the only including brown man in the movie. But the 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 king stands up. He says, from this day forward, the tournament shall be open to all free men. Sorry, slaves. And uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig is like, oh, shit, dude. Yeah, I can do it. I'm, I'm suiting up. So now Daniel Craig is competing because, of course, the winner becomes the next king of Camelot. Right. And gets to marry Kate Winslet. And he tells Daniel Craig, you deserveth to be the in my courteth or whatever. And I'm just to, like... To beeth in my courteth, I believe is the uh, exact quote, yes. Thank you. <laughs> why Why can't he just be like, why don't you just marry my daughter? Like, why? <laughs> he wants, he clearly wants him, he's worthy of being in the court. Yeah. What he's is got, happening? He's got an outstanding haircut. He's going to go on in a long and successful career in MI5. Is that what the British spy agency is? MI6? I I guess so. What I wish would have happened is we smash cut to Heath Ledger's A Knight's Tale. But that (laughs) hadn't happened yet. No. But it would have been so much better than what we got. If if they had just cut in the reel from the wrong movie in the theaters, yeah, that would have been awesome. (laughs) But unfortunately, there's a whole jousting sequence. Like a long jousting sequence. Now, um, Calvin's like, hey, Daniel Craig, um, I got you, buddy. And he gives him a Snickers bar. Yeah, because you're not you when you're hungry. 
Right. Exactly. That's what. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, oh god, it's like the commercial. It's like, you know, you're jousting a lot like Betty White right now. <laughs> it's really funny because I'm like, wouldn't that absolutely destroy his peasant body? <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of sugar in there is enough to just absolutely destroy his liver. <laughs> the, the joke on Twitter is just like, if you played Steely Dan for a medieval king, he'd kill himself. <laughs> yeah, if you play a hundred gex for some medieval peasants, they wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, like, like... That, he just gives this guy a Snickers and he's like, you're he a would, really great guy. He would have the shits so bad, <laughs> so fast. It would be immediate. So it would touch It would be while he was riding. Like, while he was riding, he's bouncing up and down <laughs> on a horse. Uh, uh, anyways, but instead it makes him good at jousting. Yeah, he's got a little sugar rush and it makes it takes him all the way to the end of the tournament to face off against Lord Tabasco, and, who didn't and by have the a way, Snickers. Kate Winslet watching all of this clearly hornier than she was when she fucked Leo in the car. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's Daniel Craig. Yeah, and so uh, I'm just imagining like the young men watch, like the the 11 year olds watching Kate Winslet in this movie and saying, "Wow, I hope that someday I can see exactly one of her boobs." Uh, <laughs> you can't see both. I thought you could see both. It's you know it's been a long time since I've watched Titanic start to finish. Um, I think you see both, my friend, but one of them is one of them is exposed more often. I think it's the left one. Okay. Well, I'm having really vivid flashbacks. I folks, think that was part of my sexual awakening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, folks. It was part of, part of an entire generation's sexual awakening because everybody saw that movie multiple times. Folks, yeah. tweeted us uh, which boob was exposed in Titanic. <laughs> Just um, the left one, the right one, or both, uh, and that'll be fine. I don't think we've gotten any Sanderson sisters rankings either, and if you want to tie that in, there, that you can clearly do both in 280 characters, so... <laughs> We just, we just <laughs> knock that out. Yeah, so her titties are akimbo in, in this movie. And actually, her titties are sweating because now it's up to her boyfriend and her arch nemesis to battle right. it out and joust yeah, it real, out. Yeah, real rough coin flip we have here. Yeah, and so they they go for it and they joust. But Lord Tabasco is a fucking cheater. He's got a little mirror on his head and his helmet, and it causes blindness in yeah. his opponent. But guess what? Guess what? Sir Calvin anticipated problems because he super glued Daniel Craig to his saddle. Right. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, the rule is if you fall off your horse, you lose. Right. So he super glued to his saddle. So again, just covering what's in Daniel's, uh, not uh, <laughs> Dan, covering what's in Calvin's bag. Uh, he, you know, you bring the disc man with you. I get that. What yep. if you want to listen to your tunes to right. get pumped up for an at bat? You, uh, you bring your rollerblades with you. Okay. I mean, his parents clearly drove him there cause they were there at the game, but maybe yeah. he wanted to rollerblade home. I don't know. <laughs> what are you bringing the super glue for, for, but what was that for? What was the plan to use that in a baseball game? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, and he also had a Swiss army knife. So maybe he was a boy scout. Always okay. be prepared. Always be prepared. That's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, I take it back, Calvin. You're great. Uh, <laughs> All is forgiven. So, so yeah, so Daniel Craig did not fall off his horse. So he's still in the game. But he's not well because he got jousted in the face. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, 
he's in a really bad place in this scene. And he's so... just like, what? What notes was the director giving him? He, like, uh, he was basically living the cartoon version of having birdies flying around yeah. his face. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, uh, blah, 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 just completely like slurring just his words. whipping his head around, like, Whoa, I'll have another hamburger. Like, Could that this sort of thing. be a side effect of the Snickers? Maybe. You know what probably is? It's the sugar high. He's never had one. He's never had one before. So, um, so anyways, uh, Calvin is like, well, I'm going to solve this. So he uh, dresses in Daniel Craig's armor right. and rides the horse out. Now, you don't know that right away. Right. So but then they joust again, and this fucking cheater guy still's got a little mirror on, but it didn't affect him. Why? Because his head wasn't in the helmet. <laughs> his head wasn't in the helmet. So Tabasco knocks off the other guy's helmet, and the other guy keeps riding around. The other guy who we eventually piece together is Calvin, whose head wasn't in the helmet because he's a child. Right. And everybody in the everybody in the crowd who again like they've never seen special effects. Right. Like, they've never seen, like, like they've never even seen the movie with the train coming at the screen, right? So, like... <laughs> if they did, if you if you played that movie for medieval peasants, they'd kill themselves. This is insane. Um, and so, so they're all screaming, his head came off, and then, uh, and then, uh, the Black Knight <clears throat> steps in to win the fight. Yeah, you know, the Kate Black Win- Knight jousts. Yeah. Win- Kate Winslet was so distraught... She stepped out of frame right. from the, from watching the tournament, and then the Black Knight showed up all of a sudden. Nobody pieced it together. No. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, the Black Knight wins the overall tournament, and the king is like, well, looks like you've won, and takes off the helmet. It's Kate Winslet! Kate Winslet's been the Black Knight the whole time. Yeah, she was the one who was helping all the peasants and giving them food. She was the one stealing the money box, likely to take the money and yeah, to, feed to the peasants. To feed poor, Yeah. Yes, and she has secured her own honor, and she gets to make her own choice of who she gets to marry, and she picks Daniel Craig. Yes. With his so, horrible haircut. Good good for them. I always love when two beautiful people end up together. Lord Tabasco is banished to, and then the, the king looks at Calvin, he's like, where should I banish him? And Calvin's like, shit, I gotta think of one worse place than Reseda. <laughs> and so he lands on Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Lord Tabasco's like, what? So he's just going to be roaming for the rest of his life. Uh, yeah. The, what, a, what a terrible consequence for a man <laughs> who kidnapped and, like, almost sexually assaulted his daughters. Just like, yeah, I mean, they have two In-N-Out burgers, so it's not <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, so... So, okay, so he helped the king get the kingdom back. He helped Kate Winslet marry the man she loves. So now Merlin, they go back to Merlin's uh, chambers, and Merlin's like, okay, fine, you can go back to California. This is a thing I could have done the whole time, by the way. Yeah, but you had to do a favor for me, which is not creepy at all. So uh, Calvin is like, I'll miss you guys. And they're like, we'll miss you too forever, you know, because uh, we're not going to see each other again. We're definitely, that's definitely not something that's going to happen again. We're not going to see each other. Um, not going to see you again. Uh, <laughs> this will be the end of our relationship. After this scene, we shouldn't expect to see each other again because we're going to two different uh, eras in history that are millennia apart. Um so, also, can I have your Swiss Army knife? And so, Calvin gives the Swiss Army knife to King Arthur, jumps down the well, and he lands back in Reseda. Wait a second. 
he's back before his at-bat. Hey, not only did he time travel through the multiverse, but he time traveled in his universe. And he gets a second chance. It's, It's like... But this is what I don't understand, (laughs) is it's like, why is he better at baseball now? Well, because he's had life experience and he's more confident. That I understand. As a person who was very shy for a really long time, once you kind of gain a lot of experience in life, you try more things. So he, he, I mean, he fought knights. He fought a, a a crazy advisor guy who tried to kidnap his girlfriend and, uh, you know, fought alongside a king and jousted. And he made out with a girl. I mean, <laughs> more importantly, he got, he, he got to have a girl's tongue in his mouth. So like he so I guess that makes it better at baseball. He so. has what the kids today call big dick energy now. <laughs> He was his generation's Pete Davidson in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so he, um, so he swings at the at the pitch now and hits a home run, and uh, everybody cheers. <laughs> and we and get then the he... longest slow motion, yeah. uh, footage of his goofy ass running for Again, like a good five minutes. We're at minute eighty four. And the director's like, shit, shit. (laughs) And so (laughs) Disney's going to sue me if I don't get it to 90. So slow motion runs the bases, gets to home plate. And who's at home plate, Nadia? Oh, my gosh, it's Princess Katie. What the fuck is happening? Also, I thought it was an all-boys league. Why? Yeah, she's in a jersey. She's the catcher. She's the catcher. So she she shows up, and they. he's like, Katie? Also, he doesn't (laughs) touch home base. Yeah, okay, so he he actually does get tagged out after yeah. the film ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he sees Katie, and she went into the future to be with him? She's 14. Yeah. There's you a know, long life to live, girl. What's you happening? Know, you know who else um, went uh, into the future to uh, be with him? Who, Tony? King Arthur. Yeah. King Arthur's just, just there. He's just there in a button-up and some khakis. Using the Swiss Army knife to uh, whittle <laughs> in the stands. Just, just, what, like, what, what is this? This is the worst possible ending to this movie. Well, I mean, Katie needed to have a chaperone. She wasn't 18. She couldn't go alone. <laughs> but why did she, why, why did they come back? I don't understand this. What they're gonna again? They're gonna get in the car. He's gonna turn on the radio, and their King Arthur's head is going to explode. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Maybe. Okay, there's two. They're different, gonna. They're the, gonna get whooping cough and die. <laughs> there's two possibilities of what could have happened. Okay. They could have. The obvious answer is they could have also time traveled with him but the other way is they could have lived that entire time until whatever 1994 or 5 and they were just immortal beings waiting waiting for calvin to be born and to become this 14 year old boy and they're like ah it is the day of the game we have waited (laughs) millennia for this uh, I hated this. <laughs> I just hated this so much. And, and like, like I said, this movie does not make me angry. It's mostly just a tremendous waste of time. Yeah. Um, 
the Who's ending this made, for? The ending made me angry. Again, this is you put this on and your four-year-old's like, oh my god, I cannot deal with you right now. And I don't have a four-year-old. I have a three-year-old. And I know I'm going to get to this point where it's going to be like, I cannot deal with this right now. You got to watch something while I like hide in the bathroom and pretend to poop, but I'm actually looking at my phone. So, <laughs> Oh, the specifics. Yeah, so... Something that please... was not a part of this movie. <laughs> So, uh, so we're going to get to that point at some point, uh, I'm sure with Meatball and, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to show her this movie. I'm going to think of a better movie. Uh, yeah. This. What movie, what movie of the ones that we have watched, which one do you think you would gladly, maybe Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, even though the ant death scene is very sad. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids would be great. It is probably a little scary for young children. Yeah. Um, I think, um, the, uh, I mean, Freaky I mean, Into the Woods. <laughs> not Into the Woods. Uh, rest in peace, Stephen Sondheim. It, Freaky Friday is good. Like, yeah. I would be okay. I, I don't know if she'd, like, actually get it, though. I, I don't think she's old enough to understand. Well, I, mean, I know she's she, not old enough listen, to fully understand what's going on. She's a fan of Alkali and Trio. She'll she is love a fan. The, she'll love the she, soundtrack enough to she, keep her interest. Yeah, so for those, like, I don't post pictures or, or videos of my daughter online, uh, but I do have video of her singing the complete first verse of Calling All Skeletons by <laughs> Alkali and Trio. Uh, and so uh, I sent it to Nadia, and it's really, she's really developed some talent. Yeah, I can't wait until she's the singer of a pop punk band with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll little, be your drummer. Little emo baby meatball. And so, <laughs> so, this movie sucked, but was there a sequel to it, Nadia? Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to guess that there was, and it was there, bad. There was. <gasps> yes! Uh, and it was straight to video, and it was called A Kid in Aladdin's Palace. Shut uh, up. So, I can't find i i can't find much on this video but i assume that it's somebody in the studio was like can you put like three brown people in a movie <laughs> so. wait so it's not the same guy no it's still thomas ian nicholas oh okay 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 but the the rest of the cast has changed over it appears wow. to have very limited continuity with the first film wait does that mean that he's not with katie anymore i don't think so no so she time traveled for nothing? Uh, that's correct. She gave up her life in Camelot. Let me see if Princess Katie is in A Kid in Aladdin's Palace. Wow. Uh, like a true kid from Reseda. He broke her heart. He just, he just ghosted her. He <laughs> hit it and quit it. Um, oh, and no. So, no, yeah. Oh, Rona Mitra was Scheherazade. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um... But yeah, no, she's not. Princess Katie's not in this oh, at all. No, maybe uh, maybe it's one of those things where he like mentions his girlfriend Katie. Oh yeah, like they did with the first Karate Kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's another. Are there sequels for you, Nadia? Was there a sequel to Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year. No. There was not. Very good. Uh, because if you remember the movie ends, he trips over a baseball and, uh, he can't, he doesn't have the high powered arm anymore. Although yeah. he does still, he does still, uh, have a good change up, I believe in the world series game, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, but he's still friends with the guys on the Cubs, yeah. which is cute. Yeah. He's still friends with the Cubs and he got a Cubs world series ring. Um, what I will say is that Thomas Ian Nicholas would, uh, for decades after rookie of the year came out, 
go to Cubs games and like sing take me out to the ball game at the seventh inning stretch and stuff and he would Aww. always wear his Rowan Gartner jersey oh <laughs> that's cute <laughs> which I thought was very cute uh so Tom and Nick uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas good for you yeah uh do her friends at Common Sense Media have any insights on this film Nadia? okay so I I put in the title of the movie into Common Sense Media and I started to read the reviews and they kept talking about Kira Knightley and I was like this is wrong. There is no page for a king in King Arthur's court, but there is one for King Arthur, <laughs> which stars Karen uh, Knightley. Right. Yeah, so there's there are no commonsensemedia.org reviews, but Kira Knightley is very well reviewed in King Arthur. So don't watch this, watch that. Uh yeah, I heard that one was okay. Um but Everyone's I don't know why. Everyone's talking about how hot she is. Yeah, I mean, that's what I heard, yes. Now, uh, this was a post-Bendit like Beckham kid. This was after she had broken out. This is yes. after Pirates. That was yeah. all that. Okay. This was so, probably one of her, like, passion projects, you know? This, is, Yeah, maybe. If I... Is it... <laughs> there was one movie... I don't think it was King Arthur. I think it was um, Alexander with uh, Colin Farrell, where it was so bad the director's cut of the movie is literally shorter. Wait, are you serious? The, yes. Oh, no. And they marketed it as, like, this is a, a more fast-paced version of the, <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really big on... The only, like, medieval type of movie that I like is, like, Robin Hood Men in Tights and the <laughs> Disney Robin Hood. Like, yeah. I'm not into, like, medieval times at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it was because I watched this as a child and I was like, this is terrible. And I yeah, maybe that was it. This then. could turn you off an entire super genre. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you are you big on this kind of like medieval fantasy type? Oh, I mean, in a Knight's Tale, that was. Good. Uh, no, I I am not. I would be if you were like, what's a what's a if you want if you're like you have to pick a genre and you have to watch a movie at random from that genre. I would pick like martial arts movie. I would oh, pick like a, I would pick like a kung fu movie. You know which movie I would pick? Um, what was the one? It was like the. It was called the Three Ninjas. Okay. That like it's like yeah. it's supposed to be a B movie, but it's really good. I would pick that for a martial arts movie. <laughs> um, so uh, okay, so the lesson, folks, is pick literally anything else you want to watch. Uh, don't pick this. Uh, watch American have... Pie. Eugene Levy's in it, and so we... is this kid. I would say American Pie is also bad and includes a scene in which a woman is filmed without her knowledge right. uh, taking off her clothes and masturbating. So maybe don't watch that either. Although Eugene Levy, God, it, like he doesn't <laughs> save the movie, but he comes real close to saving that movie. I, you took a very slight pause after comes and I got nervous. <laughs> Um, so don't watch american pie don't watch uh kid and king arthur's court maybe rookie of the year will be better or watch whatever you want uh also uh we you can uh support the show by donating money at our ko-fi page which is linked in the show notes and we are probably shoulda on facebook twitter instagram we'll see you next week good if bye if <laughs>